0: Hi, and welcome to Yes Please, your go to podcast for all things sexuality, pleasure, and orgasms. I've named this podcast Yes Please because that's how I want you to feel about all things sex, pleasure, and orgasms. Yes Please, and more. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here and that you want to learn more about how to experience more shameless pleasure, deeper satisfaction, and ecstatic orgasms in your life and sexuality. And I hope to inspire you to feel that you can embrace and celebrate your sexuality all throughout your life journey. This podcast isn't just about sex and sex education, however, it's about so much more. Personal growth, living a radiant and confident and authentic life, radical joy and expression, and general fucking goodness. I'm your host Erica Alsborn, and I'm a sexuality teacher and expert sex and birth coach, but you can think of me more as your BFF who you love to talk to about sex and all the intimate things you don't feel comfortable talking about with anyone else. I celebrate the vast and diverse human erotic and sexual experience and I embody a deep shamelessness when it comes to sex in all its different expressions. However, having said that, I am a straight, able-bodied, cisgendered woman and in my work I specialize in female sexuality and I work with women with pussies and while I have a broad and liberal approach to sex and a very extensive training, my knowledge is limited by my own lived experience as well as the focus in my professional work. But I hope you'll learn lots here with me. Expand your idea of what sex is and can be and mean for you and even though i'm an expert on this topic i'm not an authority everything i share is always a suggestion not a must so take what resonates and leave the rest behind i'm always open to receiving your constructive feedback so don't hesitate to reach out if you have any okay hi and welcome again i'm delighted that you're here and now let's dive into today's topic Hello and welcome back to the pod, or welcome. And I am recording this when I still have my sexy, husky post flu voice. You're welcome. (laughs) Today, it's a guest episode with Georgia, the founder of O Blooms. She's a wonderful woman, passionate, excited, powerful person. She's a, a business founder and CEO of a company. We talk about endometriosis and Georgia's experience and journey with endometriosis, getting diagnosed and then feeling like, well, I still want to be sexual. What about my relationship with sex? And from there, she had the idea to start a vibrator company to take care of her sexuality and feel like I can still be sexual and have all the pleasure, even if I can't have penetration. So Georgia had super painful periods for as long as she can remember and it was debilitating pain like can't get out of bed debilitating pain and she saw doctors for it but she was dismissed like women mostly are when they seek help for women's issues or sexual issues and she was told it's completely normal there's nothing wrong with you but one morning she woke up when she had excruciating pain had to go to the emergency room and they found appendicitis she had emergency surgery and while they were in there, they found endometriosis and she got her diagnosis. So she went years with pain. She went to doctors and was dismissed and told, get on the pill. And finally, luckily, she got her diagnosis and she had surgery to help her experience less pain and to support with her healing. And she says, as someone with endometriosis, I didn't believe that I could ever have a positive relationship with sex. It was all too often associated with pain vibrators have helped me change that relationship and so she had the idea for O Blooms her sex toy vibrator company and the idea came about because she wanted women to have better options when it came to self pleasure not big clunky vibrators but discreet yet powerful beautiful vibrators that you can fall in love with and you'll hear when Georgia talks about her vibrators in in this episode like she truly loves them the passion that she feels about this and for women's pleasure really, really shines through. We also talk about the importance of disconnecting intercourse from sex. So sex is not just intercourse. It's so much more. And we talk about this and it's so important for women with endometriosis who experience pain during intercourse to really move away from this very narrow and limited view and narrative that Sex equals intercourse. And so listen to this if you need to hear this over and over and over again, because Georgia says it in such beautiful ways. She's she's this is her truth. This is her life, her lived experience that you can have a positive relationship with sex. You can have positive partnered sex even without penetration. And so can you. So yay for Georgia. Yay for O blooms pioneering a movement for better sexual wellness and for a more holistic approach to sexuality and for celebrating and helping women have more pleasure, even in the presence of endometriosis, pelvic pain, vaginal pain, etc. So enjoy this conversation. Thank you for being here and share this with a friend who needs to hear this. Welcome Georgia to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be connecting with you today. And you're Australian and Australia has a special place in my heart. I lived there for several years and oh, it's amazing. like, yeah, so I'm always like, oh, yeah, you know, I love it when I get to <laughs> connect with the, with the island, <laughs> <in> the Aussies. <laughs> Where did you live? I lived in, I lived in Byron Bay for a year mm-hmm. and a half. And then I've spent a total of a year in Melbourne and mm-hmm. I've traveled around. I think I went to Adelaide. No, I went to Canberra for yeah, my okay. visa. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, yeah. Where did I go to Adelaide? I
0: can't remember now, but yeah, but then I was all over as well, like countryside yeah. and stuff.
1: Yeah, um, beautiful.
0: Yeah, But we're not here to talk about my Aussie adventures. (laughs) We're here to talk about you and your work and the amazing things that you do for women all across the globe. So please tell us a little bit about yourself, Mm -hmm. your journey, and what brought you to do the work that you
1: do. Yes. So my name's Georgia, obviously, and I founded a company called O-Blooms. So our mission is to empower women who are experiencing painful sex of some sort of description, painful, penetrative sex mainly into sort of exploring their pleasure and sort of how I guess I got into this line of work or this business is I have endometriosis. So for pretty much my entire sort of, I guess, adult life after puberty, I've had really painful periods and it wasn't until I was about 18 or 19 that I decided to kind of do something about it. In the past, when I'd said to doctors, I've got bad period pain, they were like, oh, we'll just put you on the pill and, and know that. But yeah, when I was about 19, I went to the doctor because I'd experienced some like breakthrough spotting. And the doctor kind of just said to me like, oh, you may have endometriosis. We'll talk about that another day. So it went a few years after that. I was I was 21 and I woke up with this like, really painful situation going on in my pelvic region. And I was like, well, I'm gonna go to the doctor. Anyway, next minute I was in the hospital getting my appendix out. And the doctor was like, oh my gosh, we have found bucket loads of endometriosis in you as well. So that probably explains all the other symptoms that you've been having as well. So one appendix later and they've taken out a bucket load of endometriosis and I was sort of left with this really sort of in my mind I was quite daunted by the the diagnosis of endometriosis because the only things that I had ever heard about it was like oh my gosh you poor thing you've got endometriosis you can't have kids like your life is so miserable and I, I was really like stressed about getting the diagnosis of that so I bought some books and started to do some research and also started just sort of connecting with some friends and and people that I knew that had endometriosis, sort of just asking them questions, like, because uh, most people or a lot of people when they're getting diagnosed, their their doctors have sort of prepared them for the idea that they may be getting diagnosed with endometriosis. But the way that it's sort of diagnosed, but for me, it was just sort of sprung upon me. I thought I had a thought I was losing an appendix, and the next minute I had. This, yeah, big diagnosis. But one of my main symptoms, probably quite obviously, was painful penetrative sex. And when I started talking more with my friends who did experience or did have and they were all saying the same thing, like, oh, my gosh, don't even want to like look at a dick, basically. Like, I'm not interested in any sort of penetration. It's just not going to work. And so then I started sort of looking at, at vibes cause I had a boyfriend and I still wanted some sort of intimate life with him, I guess. Yeah. I started going to, to sex shops and looking around online and, and trying a few things. And I just didn't really find anything that sort of like was 100% what I wanted and was doing it for me. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start my own. And I really wanted something, I guess, that was really beautiful. I think that my two vibes that I've got, Blossom and Violet, are very beautiful to sort of look at and to have. And I think that that sort of makes the whole idea of pleasure and intimate toys, vibrators, a lot less daunting when you've got something that's pretty, at least that's what it was like for me. And yeah, that's sort of how I started the business, I guess. Obviously, I wanted something that was super powerful as well, which they definitely are. But, yeah, really, like, I just wanted something that was super powerful, really pretty, and worked well for girls with endo, girls who experience painful sex in any sort of way, and also people that just want the best vibrators ever.
0: (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Who doesn't want the best vibrator ever? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) What a journey. Hey. And I just spoke with a woman yesterday, Frida. She runs a business where she helps people with pelvic pain, especially women who have had like birth injuries and negative birth experiences. And there's such a common theme when it comes to female sexual disorders and dysfunctions and pain is the dismissive attitude and incompetence in absolutely in the healthcare yeah. system and in doctors and with endo like I I don't think I ever heard about it until I don't know like I mean I'm almost 40 like five ten years ago like
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah it, it only started me. getting heavily researched in like 2018 like it was known about but they've only started really getting into the research you know in the past five years like it's crazy it's indeed crazy
0: if you think about how many women and people have issues with this and, and the amount of suffering, right? And the sort of blanket response and default go-to when you have any period-related issue in your teens or as an adult as well is get on mm-hmm. the pill. And it's like, what? What the fuck? There's yeah. got to be like, where's the investigation? Where's- yeah. Where's the ruling out of conditions Everything. and like looking yeah. at this?
1: Don't they don't even touch you. They just go, here's the pill. What? Literally they won't even do a blood test. And and I've got friends who have um I mean, I guess sort of like me, we were just sort of chucked on the pill when we were fourteen and not really told anything except for this'll make your skin better. This will, you know, protect you from getting pregnant. And yeah, I guess this will help with your period pain as well. That's sort of the three things that you get told when you go on it. You're like, great. They don't tell you about all of the other things like susceptibility to blood clots, weight gain, you know, all the things. I actually, when I libido, was on... Yeah, yeah. Personality um... disorders,
0: right? Have you heard you're...
1: about the, like, the smell? Like when you're on yeah. birth control? it affects your sense of smell which actually affects your like attraction to your partner and so a lot of people when they come off the pill actually realize that they don't really like their partner it's crazy
0: it's so crazy and you know no wonder because basically what happens with hormonal contraception it shuts down the female ovulatory cycle right because you don't want people to ovulate because if you ovulate you can get pregnant and if you Suppress the whole hormonal system, the idea is you suppress the issues, but we don't solve them, and we don't understand them. So mm-hmm. I just hold you in so much compassion for for your experience with dealing with this, and I can only imagine the shock of waking up after surgery and being like, "And what <laughs> and like and <Yeah. laughs> dependence and what the fuck?" <laughs> Yeah, Literally. too late. Yeah, yeah. It was was hard for you to integrate that and to I don't know, like have make peace with your body.
1: Yeah, it took a it took a while to sort of just even wrap my head around that. I remember after I had sort of started to recover from the surgery because getting your appendix out is quite an invasive surgery and so sure. endosurgery as well so it took me about a month to really sort of get on top of things just with moving again um I went I just went for a quick sort of weekend away with my boyfriend and his family and some of their family friends as well Uh, And one of the people with us was a nurse and I was really talking to her about like everything. And it was very, very helpful. If you do get any sort of diagnosis, like if you can find yourself someone that you sort of can trust and have really open conversations with, I highly recommend it because just having someone when I sort of had this fresh, I guess, fresh lot of anxieties and and scares because I'm young, I was 21. So I was very young. I didn't, you know, know what I wanted to do in life. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend just see if you can find someone to sort of just chat out your anxieties with about it. And, and it's great if they've got, you know, any sort of knowledge on the issue as well. So, yeah, for me, I had my, endom- and my endometriosis diagnosed and then a separate surgery a couple of months later after I'd been diagnosed because it was a different sort of surgeon that was going to do both. Once I'd had the first surgery with the diagnosis, sort of the lead up to the second surgery, that few months period, that was the most anxiety-filled time in my entire life because I had no idea what was going on. All I knew that I was sort of riddled with endo. It was everywhere. It was all over my, like the outside of my uterus, all over my bowel, all over my blood. I actually also had it on nerves that service the bladder. So I have some like permanent nerve damage with my bladder, which that's probably the worst side of it. And I, I wish that I had got on top of it a little bit earlier to prevent that, but say la vie, that's, you just get that. So yeah, it was a very daunting time, especially being so young, but I was glad to have people around me that I could really sort of fall back on and get some some advice in actually learning what the heck was going on and what it was. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And when you say there are two things that I want to just
0: touch on here. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first is when you say I had endo all over. So describe Mm -hmm. that. So I don't know a lot about endometriosis. So I know there are cysts, for example, women can have cysts on their ovaries and on the Mm -hmm. uterus.
1: Is that what it is, that it creates inflammation? Yeah, it's it's an inflammatory disease. So what it is, is it's the, the cells from inside of your uterus growing outside of your uterus. My surgeon actually explained it in a really easy way, just thinking of it as blood blisters, really. They're, so it's like little sort of speckles of blood blisters all over your insides. And then there's also adenomyosis, which is basically the same sort of endo cells, but they're growing inside your uterus as well. Which I don't know as much of on, but I am learning at the moment, and it is very interesting. And the the symptoms are almost exacerbated by that as well. A lot of people have that combined.
0: I see. So the cells that should be growing inside the uterus are growing outside the uterus. Mm-hmm. And it creates yes. sort of like blood blisters. Little blood blister sort of looking thing. No wonder it's painful as fuck.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And because it causes your body to be inflamed all the time, if you exactly. like sort of let it go on, it can actually lead to things like arthritis and more sort of inflammatory diseases, which can be really, you know, terrible and irreversible. Not that endometriosis yeah. is reversible, but you're able once you've got a diagnosis to sort of look at surgeries and and managing it so that it doesn't progress to the point where you can't really do anything about it. So it is very important when you do start experiencing symptoms doctors kind of like to diagnose endometriosis by process of elimination because the only way that you can get a true diagnosis is by surgery so obviously it's very invasive to get that diagnosis so they like to do scans and just make sure that you don't have any like cysts or you know other things and so because of that it can be quite costly to get a diagnosis and also a really long time and you do unfortunately really sort of have to push that diagnosis and get there but it is really really important to do that and and if you feel like you're not sort of getting along with your doctor because a lot of doctors like to just dismiss you for having women's problems basically um yeah it's really important to to push for that diagnosis so that you don't experience those like more sort of sinister problems down the track yeah So is it
0: considered, and and I agree with you, and that's so important. And I always say this for when I talk about birth as well with my Mm -hmm. birth clients and just talk about birth in general and the healthcare system in general. Even if you live in a country where healthcare is like state tax subsidized, you're still the customer and you're paying. And so Mm -hmm. if you don't like your doctor, stop paying. Yeah.
1: Go to someone
0: else but mm-hmm. like you said i i wish i'd pushed through i'd wish i'd done something sooner and and as a as a patient and as someone with you know a debilitating condition it's really hard because you're feeling so vulnerable the hierarchy is so strong between doctor and patient the like the authoritative sort of imperative speech that doctors tend to have if they've lost their humanity and humble mm-hmm. <laughs> Empathic side of self, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, not unusual when you work in the system. So I'm a former nurse. I worked as a nurse Mm -hmm. in the healthcare system, and I saw myself like how easy it is to just get so indoctrinated into the system, and you're so pressured, and there's so much to do, and there's so much frustration, and all of that. But I always say, and I agree with you, find someone else if you don't like them, if you don't trust them, Mm -hmm. if you don't feel respected, if you don't feel heard, find someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and also look beyond the healthcare system to try and get mm-hmm. a more holistic understanding of what's going yeah.
1: on. Yeah. And it requires. And that just so much e- energy, right? Yeah. You have to be your own doctor. Yeah. 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 I've seen so many specialists. We are very lucky in Australia with our healthcare system. It's it's very, very good compared to a lot out there, but we've still got privatized things and, and it does end up still quite costly. But I've seen like three different GPs over my time till I found one that I was happy. Three different gynecologists. I've seen colorectal surgeons, naturopaths. They've been amazing. Pelvic pain physios, brilliant as well. But even things just like getting a massage and a lot of people look at acupuncture as well for endo, like it just... It really racks up and finding like a good team of of people that have your back and, and do trust you and understand you and listen to what you have say because some of these doctors sometimes just look at you as a problem that needs to be solved rather than a human that has emotions. Yeah, and also
0: mm-hmm. with that, they look at, you know, and this is the issue with Western medicine and it's, it's it's how it's built. It's how it's created. It's the entire system. It's very reductionistic, so it's like mm-hmm. – Let's zoom in. Let's laser in on this particular body part. Here's the womb, okay? Let's mm-hmm. operate on the womb or let's remove the womb or here's mm-hmm. the heart. It's so advanced in like in the mm-hmm. in the in the way that it can deal with and cut and and operate on and et cetera, et cetera, but it's missing the 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 systemic mm-hmm. the holistic approach right because of how reductionistic it is. Here's a problem okay let's let's focus on that so being heard as a person and being understood as a whole entire like, ecological system is something that Western medicine obviously isn't very great at mm-hmm. and the other thing that I wanted to just circle back on what you said after the uh, after the surgery and after the receiving the diagnosis importance of the importance of the emotions emotional processing and community right mm-hmm. and just how impactful that was for you to have someone who was a trained medical professional have mm. you listen and it, it's amazing to have friends and family as well but I know in my case for example when I've had different medical issues or just like stuff right it's it always feels a little bit special. And important to have someone who is a trained professional Mm -hmm. to hold space Mm -hmm. for you and answer questions and again like I'm relating this to birth like so many women feel traumatized after birth because they don't get to actually talk through the experience the experience itself Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily traumatizing it was challenging confronting Mm -hmm. shocking surprising like in your Mm -hmm. case with the surgery yeah but but if afterwards if there's a complete absence and lack of like processing what mm. happened why how did I respond yeah. why did you make those decisions how did you mm-hmm. see me how can I see myself how can I make sense right mm-hmm. it's this yeah. it's the meaning making process and the sense making process and if that's mm-hmm. missing we oftentimes we can feel like we're just left and isolated and that can feel like it adds on a sense of not trauma or trauma being traumatized because maybe that's a bit like exaggerated, but just a sense of like I have nowhere to go to make yeah. sense, and then I feel yeah. so
1: lost,
0: and I don't yeah. get to process and integrate, which is so important. Would you agree?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think. It's really important. I like how you're referring it back to birth as well. I mean, I haven't experienced birth, but I can only imagine like after going through something so emotionally draining, obviously it's a very physically draining process, but you go through so many emotions when you're going through something like that or uh, yeah, learning that you've got a new diagnosis or I don't know, finding out about someone in your family having a new diagnosis, like you're going through all of these sort of thoughts. And sometimes your brain sort of feels like a cyclone's going on up in there. It's it's just nice to have someone who is sort of a a friend, but knows a bit more than your average friend, just to have those sort of more vulnerable conversations of, yeah, why, why did this happen? How did this happen? I know like for me, I really like took a personal sort of thought as to Have I caused this? Like, Mm. did I do something in my life that, I don't know, triggered endo, which I've learned now, no, I didn't. And no one really knows the cause of endometriosis yet. It's speculated that it's genetic in some sort of way, but unfortunately we haven't gone through enough generations of diagnosis to be able to tell if it's genetic yet. Like I suspect my my mum has had pretty much all the same symptoms as me her whole life, never been diagnosed with endo, but I'd probably suspect she's got it, and it goes back further. But just in general, women's health hasn't been researched enough and had enough sort of funding into it to actually know anything about it. And it's probably going to take you know at least probably two more generations of people to really see those those facts and stats come out and really know what's going on.
0: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And then there's always a delay in the research reaching into mm-hmm. practice, which mm-hmm. usually takes a long time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. but we yeah. can hope for change. And in the meantime, yeah. there are people like you who's like, fuck it, I'm going to do something about this. So yeah. tell, tell me then what happened. So so if that's chapter one and <laughs> chapter two is like, I'm going to be a sexual woman. I'm not going <laughs> to let this stop me. Yeah, like You had the idea, right? I'm not going to yeah. let this like forever negatively impact my relationship with sex. I want to feel pleasure. I want to be able to be intimate with myself and with the partner, with the lover. Mm-hmm. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's very hard to, I guess, like verbalize where that decision was made because it feels like something that would kind of, to me, inevitable to happen. Like when I look back on my journey, I'm like, this makes so much sense. And even like when I was younger, I never knew what I sort of wanted to achieve in life and do. And and all my friends are like, this is exactly what you're meant to do. Like knowing you, this is the perfect thing for you. But yeah, there was no, there wasn't really like a pinpoint decision. I've always wanted to have a business that brings value and helps people. Not just like, I don't know, just like sell a vibrator for any random reason, even though they are friggin' amazing things. Like I've always wanted to have a, a reason and a passion for my career because I think that's how you actually enjoy life and make your work not feel like work and I really actually enjoy the business side of business as well Mm -hmm. as the helping side of my business luckily so yeah I guess for me it was sort of like putting puzzle pieces together finding my passion learning a little bit more about myself and being like actually I could help a lot of people with this and that's sort of where I guess the everything sort of came into place and I was like that was ground zero for the business. I was like, I'm going to do this. I started talking with my my partner about it because we live together. So he was just the person that I had to talk and I was like, what do you think about this? And he was like, I think you should do it. Like, just go on. Why not? So yeah, I sort of started that and started the sampling process, getting everything you know, together and Probably my first major milestone, which is like a mental milestone for me, was telling my family that I was going to start a vibrator business. <laughs> oh,
0: I love that. That was
1: definitely like a hooch that I I really like. I really wanted to make sure that I was actually going to do this thing before I guess telling. Yeah, my family because my family, they, they're they quite conservative and they're very loving and they love what I do now. But when I first told them, it was a little bit of a, oh my gosh, what are you doing? But it's great now. Everyone loves it. My mom is like my biggest salesperson. She calls me up. She's like, I'm at this party. You need to come right now. Everyone wants a vibrator. So that's great. Yay,
0: mom. I love that.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it is very good to have a supportive family now. And they were supportive the whole way through. They were just a little bit shocked when I first told them. Yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah. As you can imagine, I've had a similar journey (laughs) becoming a sex coach and running online courses like Slut Academy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a standing joke why I didn't name the course Happy Women's Society instead. And I'm like, because I don't do things that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to
1: like hide things ever. Like you're probably the same. Yeah. Let's just say how it is.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, so the sampling process, uh, so you went from like, this was inevitable, you had this idea, and then went through the whole like, because you obviously had to go through product development, which is mm-hmm. a whole other fucking mountain to climb. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thank it, God, it, it I don't have while, to do yeah. that.
1: I, I've had yeah. ideas and I'm like, no, I can't. I don't have yeah. it in me yet. Yeah, um, It's very draining. It is incredibly draining. I launched with one product which um had a different name but now it's called blossom and it's our rose shaped it's a suction vibe so i launched with that which is a little bit controversial most people launch with like a a more traditional style of vibrator if they do start a vibrator company but i i was like you know what i want the best my favorite type of vibe is a suction vibe and i wanted something that sort of was like suction slash vibrator vibes so what's really cool about my blossom is if you have a look at it, it's got the little circle for the suction, but then it's also sort of got a flat surface, which is different to a lot of other suction vibes out there, which have more of a nozzle look. And the flat surface actually vibrates as well. So you get sort of like an external vulval stimulation as well as the suction, which makes it like just frigging amazing. So doing that was great. And then once I'd sort of launched and built up a little bit of momentum, I started my next product development, which was for the Violet, which is our Precision vibrator so more of a classic style of vibrator but it's super flexible as well which is great for I just received some feedback which was more about like you know making a bit more body conforming and able to be used a little bit easier with a partner as well And so I did that and it's also fully waterproof as well. So we used some things that we weren't quite able to achieve with the blossom and put that into the violet and and that sort of, I guess it didn't feel like so overwhelming doing the product development because I kind of did it in two stages. And then from now on, like, I guess I'll always have something else going on while I'm doing the product development. So it's not as like stressful.
0: <laughs> I just love the excitement and like the love I feel and sense in you when you talk about your products and about pleasure and these Things that you create and sell. It's amazing. It's really coming through. Like you're really transmitting. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. So I'm much very, joy and excitement very, about these things. I'm very,
1: very passionate about it. Like I think that every person that experiences any sort of pain with sex, like you don't have to experience that pain because sex isn't just penetration, which it's very, very important to remember because that's a narrative that. We've sort of all been fed our entire lives is that there's sex and then there's all this other stuff. And it's like it's actually all the same thing and it can be whatever you want it to be and your experience of sex is your own and it's something that you hold to yourself, that everyone has their own sort of feeling of what it is. I just really want people to feel... I guess empowerment in their own sexuality and in their pleasure journey to be able to be like, you know what, fucker, I don't actually even care about this pain anymore. I'm really happy with where my my sex life is and I'm happy with it. And sometimes letting go of that, I guess, hold on, I guess, penetration being really painful actually is enough to make penetration less painful. Just getting your idea around that not being the be-all and end all. So many women I've found have been able to have really really great penetrative experiences from that it's pretty cool
0: yeah yeah no i agree with you the the penetration norm is so 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 strong and it's obviously mm-hmm. what we see basically represented as sex right in all mm-hmm. porn which is you know very formative for Mm -hmm. many, many, many people. And because we don't have proper holistic slash alternative, doesn't have to be super woo-woo tantric stuff, like, but just like Mm -hmm. realistic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like realistic sex ed of like, these are your erogenous zones. If you stroke your nipples for an extended amount of period and you don't have a judgmental mind, you can have nipple orgasms da. Right. Yeah, but all we get is like straight to the jewels, straight to the genitals. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. There are some people who are purely like super sexual in that way where it's like they really, really, really love and thrive when it's like just diving straight into genitals. That's fine. like no shame in that. but mm-hmm. but it, it is so limiting to think of sex only represented as penetration because yeah, there's mm-hmm. so much more. And a lot of women feel, so much pressure to have penetration. They have it before Mm -hmm. they're ready. They have it Mm -hmm. even when they don't want to. They have it Mm -hmm. for pleasing a man. And everyone fails. Everyone's missing out on the richness of Mm -hmm. sexuality and sexual Mm -hmm. union and sexual encounters if we only reduce it to penetration. And what you mentioned Mm -hmm. is like acceptance of your situation. Acceptance is so key. And Mm -hmm letting go of the goal and the hyper focus on penetration and instead shifting your focus to what makes me feel really exquisite right now. What would feel mm-hmm. really amazing? What would give me the most pleasure right now? And so mm-hmm. when you do that, create a sense of safety because all of a sudden mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're being like chased into having mm-hmm. penetration and your worth is not dependent on it. And your partner will still love you and be with you and want to be with you, even if you don't have penetration, because that's a fear many women have. Mm -hmm. well what about my man like he needs penetration
1: yeah and the thing is like on that most of the time if you say to your loving partner this actually isn't good for me and I feel awful if they're a good person they're gonna be like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I know it's very scary to have that conversation but like a good guy is gonna be like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I didn't know that like what's gonna make you feel better how can we have this experience to be better for each other and if they are one of those disgusting few that are like well but what's gonna happen to me then you should probably just dump them because yeah. but, <laughs> so I mean, not, they're not a good person
0: exactly and you're better off knowing that sooner rather than later and then making an informed decision about what to do yeah and- absolutely I'm loving this conversation and all the all the permission, all the encouragement for women who experience endometriosis and or painful penetration. I work with a lot of women who have vaginal pain, pain from intercourse. And I really say this so often to them. It's so good to hear it from someone else as well. Like you can't repeat it often enough, I feel, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the opposite narrative has been so pervasive and ingrained. so dominant and, and ingrained mm-hmm. for so mm-hmm. many years, decades, yeah. right? And And
1: sex is not
0: intercourse. Intercourse is a part of sex. Mm -hmm. There's so much more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think everything that we've been saying, it's so prevalent that we keep on having these conversations. Because, I mean, everyone, if you went through sex ed in your school life, which we're all kind of taught It's all about like, you know, sex is to make a baby and to do that, you have to have penetration and that's sort of the level of what you're taught. We're not really taught about pleasure, masturbation, learning about yourself, anything like that really in sex ed, which is really just like in my mind, crazy. But, you know, it can be led further as well. Like I know in Australia, well, at my school, we did sex ed from about grade six to grade ten. And so in that time, yeah, sure. It is good to talk about fundamentals of making a baby and how things are done. But then, you know, in older years at school, you're much more mature. Most people well a lot of people that I went to school with were having sex then so like in those years we really should be having those conversations with kids and people. And it's just really important to talk about what pleasure looks like for you as a person and that it's okay that you don't find the same things pleasurable as your friends, your sister, your, I don't know, your your partner as well. Like that's just, it's completely normal and it's okay. And you should just feel acceptance with your own sex life and hold it as yours and Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) That's what this whole
0: whole revolution is about in my podcast. I'm like, yeah, girl. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, it's so, so, so true. Really, what also this leads to with, with the personal maturation of growing a little bit older, you're not a kid, like you're not just like a teen, like a young teen. But when you get a little bit older, you know, towards 19, 20, and in your early 20s, as a young woman, yeah, that's really when a woman can start sexually mature and begin a conscious sexual journey. Because up until that time, usually it's just the teenage years are so confronting and chaotic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. crazy and there's so much going on and you're just basically trying to survive, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like.
1: Yeah, and- I feel like a lot of people, like where, where I was, we all started sort of having sex at around 16-ish. And at that time, you're kind of only doing it because your boyfriend was like, let's try this thing. Like, It's not that you don't have a a want to necessarily, but you don't really feel a need to or a desire to do that because we haven't been taught what pleasure even is for a woman. So all you know is that it's probably going to hurt your first time.
0: I mean, I was incredibly horny and I wanted to fuck all the boys, but I felt so insecure as to how to do it, right? And how to make sense of it and how to actually do it in a way that felt really good to me what to focus Mm -hmm. on and so yeah those first years of being sexually active there is a minority of really like lucky girls who have amazing sex from the beginning or they just you know kind of figure it out early on but in my experience personally and in working with so many women online over the last six seven years the pattern that I see is like the first years of being sexually active are just very much about being in complete oblivion And just Mm -hmm. sort of like doing it because you're horny and you love the person or you have a boyfriend, but really not feeling like it's truly for you Mm -hmm. and or figuring out what feels truly pleasurable. And so a woman's sexual maturation journey usually begins somewhere in her 20s when she's like, Mm -hmm. wait what's in it for me? Yeah. Where where am I in all of this? Like where's yeah. my identity? Where's my space? What do I do? And so that's why a lot of women start being orgasmic in their late 20s because mm-hmm. it takes time. It takes time for their borders mm-hmm. to sexually mature. It takes time to get to know yourself. It takes time to gain the confidence to be selfish and focus on yourself and ask for what you want. And if we'd had the proper sex education, modeling and guidance, maybe mm-hmm. that journey would have been shorter or it would have looked different. We could actually please each other much more successfully. Anatomically, biologically, boys and men, much more easier uh, have orgasms and pleasure than women, just because the way our bodies are arranged and the way that our genitals are kind of located and situated and all of that. And women say, oh, that's unfair. Yeah, but life is unfair. But once you actually access your female pleasure, Mm -hmm. it is so damn powerful so it's I think
1: it's more powerful in my opinion and I think the fact that it does take a little bit longer to to access it and to learn about it and work out what's yours makes it a lot more special and unique and yours and powerful a sexually empowered woman like there's no stopping
0: yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. yes
1: amen again yeah. Just yeah. dropping
0: all the truth bombs here <laughs> you yeah. love it yeah it's so yeah. true yeah And men's sexuality can be explored and it can deepen and there's amazing things you can do with holistic like tantric and Taoist practices and all of that. But in general, men's sexuality is a little bit more like fast food. Like they can come quickly. It's very easy to access. It's like boom, ready to go. In two minutes, they can get a heart on, they can have an erection. They can come in like two to five minutes easy. Whereas most women need like proper like 20, 30 minutes to get fully aroused, to fully get engorged, to fully open up, to fully relax, to get into an erotic state. But then she can keep going for hours and hours yeah. and hours, right? Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Lastly, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't talked about yet that you feel like, oh, I will, it will not feel complete without talking about this.
1: I feel, I feel very complete with this conversation. I guess I would like to sort of just reiterate that if you are listening to us have this little chat here and you sort of feel like you're pelvic pain, if you experience pelvic pain and it's getting to you and it's really getting you down, try and sort of open yourself up to other possibilities and try not think about sex as a penis in a vagina because that's not what it is and you're going to have your own sexual experience and and this is just you know the universe's way of telling you that all right it's time for you to find something else because something else is going to get you going on and it's totally fine i spent hours like very emotional like almost well yeah crying over uh, i felt like there was something wrong with me i felt so normal and just really not, I felt not whole because I felt like here's this thing that all of these people are experiencing and I'm not and what's wrong with me? So if you're feeling like that, I totally get you. I understand you and it's okay. You will find the thing that gets you going and it's just not what you've been fed by mainstream society.
0: What a beautiful (laughs) way to wrap up. And lastly, We've mentioned your products and your company, so it's O-Blooms. The link Mm -hmm. is below. There are two products, Blossom Mm -hmm. and Violet. Uh, Georgia absolutely loves them. Her mom raves (laughs) about them. Go check out her (laughs) business and Instagram and all of the things and see if maybe one of those vibrators are for you and could enhance your pleasure. Is there anything else you want to mention about where they can find you or... The work that you
1: do. Yep. So my my handle will be below. It's O Bloom Society on everything and on the website. And if you do have any questions at all about anything, or you want help picking the right one for you, or whatever, feel free to get in touch. You can message me on Instagram. You can email me. You can chat on the website. I'm here for you. I can't wait to chat, and I love making friends. So just message me. <laughs> Yay!
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Georgia, for being here. And I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you. I loved chatting. (laughs) Yay.
0: Okay, my friend, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new today or that I reminded you of something you already knew or do. And that you feel inspired and encouraged to prioritize sex, pleasure, and orgasms in your busy life. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and give it a rating or review so this important message can reach more people on this planet. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.